Now I'm heading to purpose because in a moment you're going to find out that the purpose is in, in him. The purpose is in him. When you go outside of him, it's no longer his purpose. It's no longer purpose. When you go inside of you, it's no, no, no longer his purpose. Now you're going to be blessed by functioning in him. Amen? Because when you are functioning in him, there is no good thing that he will withhold because you're operating in that which is upright. And you're walking according to the gospel. Are you with me? And the gospel is the power of God. To bring forth what? Salvation, wholeness, deliverance, healing, whatever. It's in him. Say in him. In him, all the promises are yes and amen. But now, if you are functioning in him, then you're, not function then you're functioning in a place where it is not about the lust of the flesh. It's not about greed. It's not about self-will. It's not about those things. Your prayer is not, Father, this is how I want it to be. Listen to what I have to say, Lord. And let it be on earth according to my will. Is that how you pray? No, you don't pray like that. According to my wisdom. No. It's his life, his name. It's not, not, it's not your own name. It's him. It's his life. All right. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1 here. Let's, Ephesians chapter 1. So you got to function, it's, it's in him. The confidence is that life. It is him. It is his nature. It is Christ in you. Ephesians chapter 1. Now, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse... Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to... Okay, yeah, okay, fine, let's do that. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. Let's read it from verse 9. Are you there? Having... Made known unto us the mystery of his will. Remember, this is the confidence that we have that whatsoever we shall ask according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know we have the petitions we desire of him according to his will, not my will, his will on earth as it is in heaven. His will, say his will. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Sometimes his will is a mystery. Isn't it? Do you always know his will in every situation? That is why sometimes to come to that place of knowing. It is the spirit. The word and the blood that agree. And sometimes you got to have the Holy Ghost. To show you the particular purpose in a specific situation. Anyway let's continue. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. How? According to his, to his good pleasure. Which he had purposed where? Are you seeing it? Which he had purposed where? In where? In himself. So where is the purpose? In it's in him. That's where you're going to find it. In him. We'll come back to that. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time, there's time allotted to certain things. Like right now, God has given us all things. Do you know, if I, if I need an airplane right now, it's available. If for life and godliness, but I'm the time and right because I don't specifically have a need for it right now. Amen, I could use a brand new car. <laughs> I have need for that. I could use that. But an airplane right now wouldn't make sense. It's not in purpose. And it is not, it is not connected to the time. 
even though all things are mine. You see, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 21 and 22, all things are yours. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. When God give you Jesus, he give you what? All things. Romans 8, 32. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, he's given unto you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And he's given it to you freely. You are the righteousness of God. Isn't that right? Because you are a righteousness of God, you are an heir of God, you are a joint heir with Christ, and as an heir of God, you are an heir to all of the inheritance. If it belongs to God, it belongs to you. Amen? Remember, remember back in, in Genesis, where it says, Blessed be God, the God of Abraham, and, it, and, and um, the possessor of heaven and earth, and it called Abraham the possessor of the heaven and earth, why? Because of his covenant with God. Amen? Alright, but anyway, let's continue. So here, so it says, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one, all in Christ. Say all in Christ. Both which are in heaven, and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So it is the saying that you have obtained inheritance. But this inheritance is according to purpose. So it's like this. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. All things are yours. All of the inheritance belong to you. But you got to receive the portions you need. And that inheritance, let's put it this way, is released into your life. According to purpose. He does things according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. But if it's in line with purpose and in line with his will, you can have it. Not based on the sweat of your brow. Because it's there. It's already yours. Did you get that? Now I refer to this. I can't go there. But in Matthew chapter 6, 24, verse 32, where it was saying, where, where, it, says, where it was saying that I'm not to be anxious for anything, the Gentiles are that way, but it was also saying that the Father knows that you have need of all these. So understand, God knows you need this stuff. He wants you to have it, it's delivered and it's released according to purpose. And he says, but if you be anxious and consumed with it, then you're going to serve it rather than serve him. And quite frankly, it's going to pull you into a place where you won't be able to function in the king, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness correctly. So he's going to tell you, don't be anxious. Don't do that. That's not how it works. Yet, on the other hand, he says, I've given you all things richly to enjoy. Amen? All right. So, what is governing this confidence thing? It's about functioning in him. The fact is, all things are yours. But the release of it is according to purpose. And purpose is directly in Christ. It's in Him. Look at, turn with me to um, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Just so that you can see it. The purpose is in Him. The same way we say, as it says in Ephesians 1 verse 9. According as yet purpose in Himself. 1 John 3 8. Um, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, connected up to Him. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 says... He had saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose, 
which according to his own purpose and grace. The grace is connected to the purpose. What is grace? Provision. What's it connected to? Purpose. According to his, not according to, to where you were born, not according to how hard you work, not according to your own goodness, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That's important because later on, when the, when when the enemy is going to try to get you to shift and to cause you to doubt and bring you into a wavering place so that you don't receive, one of the things he's going to use is sin consciousness. Where you're not worthy. You're not deserving. You didn't work hard enough. One of the things he's going to use is wrong teaching. That you've got to have all these, that, that you've got to, um, that, that you don't qualify. That it might not be God's will. And he's going to try to get you into wrong teaching. And if you don't know, if you don't know and understand that, this, that it's according to purpose, not according to my works, not according to my performance. Amen? It's according to purpose, not according to my greed. Not according to my lust. Say according to purpose. All right. All right. So, um, you know, that it's not, you know, it says you, you have not, you ask not because you ask amiss. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart, etc., etc. So it's not about selfishness, but it is about purpose. But I don't want to emphasize too much about selfishness and greed and lust, important as that is. Because at the same time, you might say, I'm not selfish, I'm not greedy, I'm, that's not my motivation. But I've earned this, I've worked very hard. And not only that, do you know how much revelation knowledge I have? I have studied. And based on my revelation, and all the knowledge that I have, that, ought, that qualifies me for the abundance of whatever it is. No, it's not because of your, how much you've studied. Your studying ought to have brought you to the place to recognize that it's not based on your studying. <laughs> it should have brought you to the place that it's not how smart you are. That it's not, it's not according to your works. It should have brought you to the place for you to be able to humble yourself. But God is going to do whatever he's going to do. He's going to provide a grace according to purpose. And it's all found in Christ. That's the reason why it is because of what Jesus did. If Jesus deserves it, you can have it. It's in his name. Remember? The confidence in his name, in his name, in him. All right. So, but inheritance follows purpose. Now, I want to make a huge shift here. But a very important one. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. I'd love to just rattle this off for time, but you got to see this. you got to get this. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Say praise the Lord. Praise All right. Romans chapter 8 and verse 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creature, wait for the manifestation of the sons of God. All of creation are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Remember, purpose is connected up with the sons of God. For the creature or the creation was made subject to vanity. They were subjected to, to frailty, to futility, condemned to frustration. Not willingly, but by reason of him who had subjected the same in hope. It's like, it's like you see, hear this, for me, hear this with me. In Hebrews chapter 1, I think it is around verse 2. It says that God upholds all things. By the word of his power. Everything is held together by the word of his power. Does it say that? Alright? Alright. Hold that thought and let me give you another one. In Romans chapter 11, it says, 
um, for of him, that's Christ, and through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever and ever. We had read back in Ephesians chapter 1, I think around verse 10, that everything is to be gathered together in him. All right? Colossians, I'm just giving it to you straight first and then we'll connect the dots. Colossians chapter 1, reading from verse 16, when I get there. All right. For by him were all created, say all, that are in heaven, earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, they were all created by him and for him. Everything in creation has something programmed inside of them that they are to serve the purposes of God and they are to serve the will of God. Whether it be a donkey that is needed or whether it be an upper room that is needed or whether it be a boat that is needed or whether it be a whole country that is needed. All things were made for him and through him. And it's going to go on to say in verse 20 that through the blood he has reconciled everything to his original purpose and intent. But we read back in Romans chapter 8 and around verse 19 and verse 20 that all of creation is in vanity. They have a hope in them that says, oh, I need the sons of God to show up and give me some definition, give me some purpose. But until they do, man, I'm just wandering around. I don't even know why I'm here. But when the sons of God comes on the scene and they, from the, from the mind of God, they begin to get the will and the knowledge and the purpose of God, then they will be able to give purpose to all of creation. Now, I'm saying that to say this. Everything is held together by the word of his power. By his what? Word. Now, the word is spirit and life. So in everything, there's not only that hope, but there is like an intrinsic part of the spirit of God or, or, or something that is in all of creation and that thing that is in them says that if I hear purpose, bam, I'm going to serve the purpose of God. What that means then is, remember how God says he's placed all things underneath our feet? That was no joke, right? Everything is subject to us. Why? Because you see, in Christ, when we function in him and we begin to speak to mountains, speak to bones, speak to fig trees, speak to storms, speak to whatever it is, with the purposes of God, they have no choice but to obey. They have been programmed to obey the voice of righteousness. Do you get that? That's the reason why we don't have to... That is the reason why... When we start looking at the hindrances and we start seeing the, um, the unbelief that comes from reasoning, that comes from the sight realm, we don't have, we're not looking there because we got a better understanding. We're not looking at the things that are seen. We are looking at the things that are not seen. We are looking to God's eter to that which is eternal. We are recognizing that as a son of God, uh, that everything is programmed according to his will, according to his good pleasure to obey purpose did you get that so we can live that is why the word of God can speak things into existence everything has to come together to cause it to be I don't know but you but man that's good say that's good alright so where are we here so again so that's why I said the key then that governs this realm of receiving is about purpose Inheritance follows purpose. 
and purpose and that confidence is connected to him it's connected to the nature it's connected to purpose and so but now it is also connected to this issue of knowing knowing very quickly in that that knowing comes before the confidence it says this is the confidence that we have that because we know when you know there is confidence and where does that knowing come from the word according to first john 5 7 and 8 it comes from the word it comes from the blood and it comes from the spirit yes because it comes from there are times where you're going to have to wait on god to get a hold of the purpose especially given that purpose is also connected up to some the dispensation that have to do with timing like I said, some things, hey, it might be in your heart that the God is going to do this sometime in your life. But by the Spirit, you know that the time ain't right. It's not, it's not time yet. Amen? Say purpose. purpose. Hallelujah. All right. All right, so now, let's just walk through this. We already touched some of this so we could do this effectively. Let me share with you six hindrances to confidence. Six hindrances to confidence. Number one. Sight or, or, or the sense realm. The Bible says, if you wander and you waver, let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. It says we are to walk by faith and not by sight. We don't look at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. The things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. We have to operate. In other words, because you see, when you, when you are believing God and you are holding fast, and you look to the, to the, to the natural realm, you look to the sense realm, that sense realm will feed you on belief. It will feed it to you. If Abraham, that's the reason why when God says to Abraham, I've made you father of many nations, and he received that, he didn't receive it based on what it looked like or felt like. And he didn't hold fast because of the circumstances he saw. In fact, the Bible says he considered not his body now dead. Or the deadness of Sarah's room. What was going on with his body or Sarah's body had nothing to do with it. Because God had sworn by himself. And it was by two immutable things where it was impossible for God to lie. And in our place, because of the word, because of the blood, because of the spirit, he knew. And he was able to hold fast. Go strong in faith, giving glory to God. While it was not yet manifested. And he staggered not. Which means he didn't waver and wonder at the promise of God through unbelief. Amen. Romans chapter 4, reading from verse 17 through to 20. So the issue of sight and sense, realm, you look there, you know, like Jesus, Peter was doing well when he was walking in the water. Once he kept his eyes on Jesus, took his eyes off Jesus, the Bible says he began to sink. Why? Because he listened to that boisterous wind and he looked at those waves, got a little bit seasick and giddy and man, he was beginning to sink. We cannot look at the circumstances or cannot look for proof in the natural realm that, that it's working. You got to keep your eyes. You got to keep looking onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of faith. You got to look to that which is eternal. You got to look to that serpent on that stick. Behold him and everyone that looketh shall live. So there is an issue of sight and the sense realm which is going to cause you to waver and wander. Shut it down. How do you shut it down? You receive the witness of God. First John 5, 9 said, If you receive the witness of men, how much greater is the witness of God? How much greater is the testimony of the blood? How much greater is the testimony of the word of God? How much greater is the testimony of the Holy Spirit that brings all things to your remembrance that bears witness? Amen? Number two, mental assent. I know that, or just assuming. 
No, you got to learn to take action and you got to meditate in the word and get a hold of the truth of the word. Number three, wrong teaching. Wrong perception of God. God is stingy. <laughs> right? Or, or, or else, and therefore God didn't want you to have this or that. Or God is sovereign. Which means what? But that's when people say it. In other words, what will be, will be. But it's going to happen anyway, so why should I even pray? That's wrong, that's not true. Or you got to get all these ducks lined up in the world. No, it's not like that. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. It says the word of God is given for reproof, for correction, for instructions and in righteousness, so that you can, the man of God might be thoroughly furnished, well equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 15 as well. Okay? So wrong teaching could cause a problem. If it, it might not be God's will, if it be thy will. Well, you know how to fix that one, don't you? So wrong teaching can cause that wavering, that wandering. And it could be a hindrance to you operating in this confident realm of receiving. And then number four, anxiety. This one here is perhaps the biggest one. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, it says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. Be anxious for nothing. When you let your anxiety program your praying, and, and even when you start holding fast, but your prayer is all filled with anxiety, it will cause a multiplication of unbelief. Anxiety, worry, fretting. You got to remember something. Worry is sin. That's what it, it says it's sin. Amen. Whatever is not of faith is. Sin. Worry is sin. Worry is more confidence in the circumstances and the devil than it is in what God has said and what God has done. In other words then, let's put it another way. Worry aligns you with the kingdom of darkness and with the devil's operation and alienates you from what God wants to do. So God says, don't be anxious about anything because what? It's going to hinder your prayer. It's going to hinder your receiving. So what should we do about it? Well, First Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says, Cast all your care on him. All the anxiety, all the fears, all the worry, all the fretting. Cast it upon him because he cares for you. And it says to resist the devil steadfast in the faith. Stay in faith. Amen. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, Commit your work unto the Lord and he'll cause your thoughts to be established. So do not be anxious. Get rid of it. That's what it is saying. Cast it on him. And the blood will take care of it. <laughs> next next um, hindrance. And I think this is probably number five. Sin consciousness. You're not good enough. You're unworthy. I mean, look what you did yesterday. <laughs> and you expect God to do this for you? <laughs> right? That, un that, that unworthiness. But don't forget... It is not about you. It's about the fact that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. It's about purpose. Amen? Number six, the atmosphere of distraction. Here you are, you're trying to believe God, but then you are in some stressful, strifeful situation, worse than work environment, whatever the case, and that stuff is pressing on your mind, and you're trying to receive. It might not seem like a big thing, but it can affect you. Because don't forget your receiving needs to be in purpose. It needs to be an act. You got to take it by faith. 
And so when all this other stuff is buzzing out here, it's a hindrance. So what do you do? Romans chapter, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 and 13 says, The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to pierce to the dividing of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. And everything, every created thing, that atmosphere that has been formed against you, it is able, everything is defenseless before it. It is saying, take the word of God and sever that thing off of you. Sever that negative environment that came out of that strifeful conversation. Sever that offense. Sever it. Cut it off. In the name of Jesus, I loosen that situation off of me. And I separate myself to God. I receive the washing of the blood of Jesus. Amen? And sometimes you got to go through those things. Now let me, let me close by, 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 by giving you this here. Very quickly. Let me give you what? One, two, three, four, five. Five little steps, so to speak. Which is compiling what we've been talking about. How do you receive with confidence? Number one, remove the hindrances. Amen? We just talked about six hindrances. Remove them. Get rid of them. Number two, desire. Make sure you know exactly what it is you want. And know that it is God's will. Pray about it. Meditate in the word. Get a hold of the Holy Ghost. And, make sure, and you can find out that it is the will of God and in the time of God. And then get ready to take it. Number three, take it. <laughs> By faith, receive it. The same way you got born again as you have received Christ, so walk in him. You just shall live by faith. Colossians 2, 6, Romans 1, 17. What do you mean take it? Pray, say. Say, say. Pray, say, and receive. Take possession with your soul, with your mind, with your will, with your emotions, on purpose, with that soul chamber of your heart. Take it so that you have so that you have it with your spirit chamber of your heart, because you're already blessed with every spiritual blessing, but now you also have it with your soul chamber of your heart, with your heart you believe on to. So the two of them are in agreement, and you're not double-minded. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 17, sorry, James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. You've just purified it by getting the spirit chamber of your heart and the soul chamber of your heart in agreement. Amen? And then you hold fast. So you say it, you take it, thank you Lord I got it. Number four, believe that you have it. Believe indeed that if you, that believe you have received it indeed. Now, which means what? If I believe I received it when I pray and now I'm finished praying, it must mean I have it. If I believe I receive it, if you believe you receive it when you pray, the Bible says if you receive it then you, and you took it, if you took it, you have it. So if you took it indeed, and you're out of the prayer closet, I have it. I got it. Thank you, Lord, I got it. Thank you, Lord, I got it. Amen? If, and that's simple, but it's so important. Believe you have received it indeed. You took it, so now you have it. Does that make sense? Number five, fight and keep fight. Fight and keep faith. I choose to put it that way. Fight and keep faith. The Bible says, fight a good fight of faith. But fight and keep faith. Don't let faith slip away from you. Amen? Be, and, and um, um, you know, hold fast, a confession, etc. But as you stay in this place of, of a persistent type of prayer position, be careful not to let your prayer of persistence become um, 
anxiety filled. Lord, I believe that I received that a couple of days ago. And, 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 and Lord, you, you, you know I believe that I received that. So I just want to thank you for it, Lord. And, and, and next thing you know, you become anxious. And, you're, and what's supposed to be a holding fast, prayer of persistence, become filled with anxiety. And then what happened? You end up multiplying. Your prayer about anxiety will just multiply that unbelief. Don't do that. Hold fast. If you've got to go back and meditate in the word, but you hold fast, you fight and keep faith.